Good afternoon. Yeah, it has been a privilege to be with you uh, together through this this series on talents and and um, talking about self-management. Um, just a short recap: we have talked about self-management, how to use talents, resource or time and resources. Period, but for God, right? Um, that, that is basically the, the conclusion is that they are all here for one purpose and that is to use in God's work. Um, we have talked about talents as the overall theme. Uh, that was the first presentation in this workshop and, and how that all of the talents that we have gotten, which includes a lot of things um, that we might not think of as talents right away, but, but um, if we think about it, yes, they are also talents. Um, and so, and that, that they are best used in the service of God. And that they can be multiplied as well. So that was the first day. The second day, uh, we talked about time management and some principles in time management. Um, there was, maybe you can help me remember some. Um, never be late for... <laughs> An appointment. Now, now you know what, what to answer. Uh, never be late for an appointment is, is one of the, the principles to try to strive towards, right? This is not, is not the, the, you know, if you don't do this, you will not be saved type of thing. Uh, but, but strive towards it uh, as much as you can. Be on time for, for anything and everything. With also we talked about in balance with the other principles of, you know, friendship and so on. But then, then um, time management... Also, time is a question of priority. You can take time. Um, it's, that's a, a natural part. Um, I started recording with this. I don't know if, if that's better quality. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, and today, we will be talking about resource management. Resource management. How to use our resources, actually. Put these over here so that I have less um, obstacles between me and you, right? Um, good. What was the thesis on which this seminar is built? Do you remember the thesis? We're going to talk about resource management today. What was the thesis? Exactly. The definition of a missionary, which, which incorporated and helped us understand in a way where our talents, resources, and, and time belongs. Welcome. You're welcome. Uh, the definition of the thesis was, a missionary is a person whose sole aim is to demonstrate the gospel to the world using all his time, his or her time, talents, and resources to reach this goal. Can we read that together? Yeah? It helps us to remember it. Helps us, it's more, makes more impression on the mind. Right? So let's read it together. A missionary is a person whose sole aim is to demonstrate the gospel to the world using all his or her time, talents, and resources to reach this goal. Okay, so that, that uh, helps us to, to remember. So that's a missionary. We are all called to be missionaries. We've also find, found that out. Um, okay, what is the purpose of resources? The one purpose above all others 
Did you already read it? I guess you have already read it. Above all others for which God's gifts should be used is the sustaining of workers in the, in the harvest field. Isn't that interesting? The one purpose above all others. I wonder when we think about our resources, when we think about what we own, our money, our assets, do we have this in mind? Do we think about that, oh, okay, on the priority number one, let me think, how am I going to use my money in God's work? Priority number one. Is that number one or is that something that comes maybe number ten or somewhere when all the bills are paid? It's an interesting, interesting uh, statement. The one purpose above all others for which God's gifts should be used is the sustaining of workers in the harvest field. Councils on Stewardship. Page 36. Um, obviously, the, the obvious place to go when we talk about resources is where? Talking about tithe, right? Malachi 3. Let's go to Malachi 3. In some, in some uh, translations or, or languages, it's chapter 4. Chapter 3 and verse 8. Will a man rob God? Question. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed God? Like, what, what's the problem? We haven't robbed God, right? In tithes and offerings. What is robbing God? What, is, what does rob mean? Doesn't belong to you. Take something which doesn't belong to you without permission. Without permission. It's actually what is the difference between robbing and stealing? Because stealing is also taking something from somebody that does not belong to you, right? Uh -huh. That's right. Stealing is when you don't notice it. Robbing is going up to a person with a gun and saying, Give me your wallet. Okay? That's, there's a big difference in robbing and stealing. He says, you are robbing God. You are going to God and, and taking His possession in His... I mean, obviously, He knows everything, right? So, we are robbing God. You cannot steal from God because it's, He knows everything in that, in that sense, if we go by that definition. So, we are robbing God with tithes and offerings. And then it says, you are cursed with a curse for ye have robbed me even this whole nation bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith says the Lord if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it this is amazing an amazing promise right an amazing promise for us. He will, he will, if we are faithful and we return our tithes and offerings, He will open the treasure house of heaven and pour out so that we cannot receive it. This is a, a, an amazing promise. If you haven't, haven't, um, yeah, if you haven't tried this out, say, God, 
I, I have not paid tithe. I have not given maybe as much offering. Try this out. He has promised that he will pour out and give again. Now, something that, that has, has bothered me about tithe is, and, and actually, yeah, mentality-wise, we, there's a, welcome, uh, there's more space, take six. Yeah. No. Um, so, take a seat there. And and is is it is it true that it's ten pen, uh, or it's ten percent tithe, ten percent that belongs to God, and ninety percent that belongs to us? Is it true? True or false? False. False. Why is it false? You know. This, this mentality that actually, ten, actually 90% is mine and 10% is God. Even, even if, we're, if we're good Christians and we give all of our tithe, we can be very stingy. And we can actually think that 90%, those 90% are part of what I deserve. That's mine. You know, tithe is not here in order for... for is, is not to tell us that 90% is yours. Tithe is here to tell us that 100% is God's and 10% you give back to prove that fact. To prove that you trust that that's true. To prove that, that you know that you can trust God and He will pour out His blessing. Okay, did you get that? This is a, a fundamental um, understanding of tithe that I believe is essential if we are going to actually do proper resource management if we don't understand that a hundred percent of what I own everything every single penny in my bank is not here for me it is here for God's work it is it is not mine it is it is what God has given me to be in charge of while I'm here it is his. I am a steward. Steward means it's not mine. I'm just taking care of it. Okay? This is fundamental ground that we need to we need to have set. Right? A hundred percent is God's, ten percent only to prove or to for us to, to show our loyalty to him that we are actually acknowledging this fact. Okay, good. Now something that I want to share with you that has bothered me and is still bothering me and I'm not exactly sure how how this is going to happen or how how we can deal with this this situation it is found in acts you know acts is is a ter tremendous book and and we can learn a lot from acts and we know that that if if we are to see the latter rain, we need to go back and study how the early rain came, right? We need to understand how Acts, how the apostles got the, the, the early rain. And so, as a founda foundation, we need to find out what, what was it that was so special. And, and I've, he I've heard sermons on this, and I've, I've, I've heard different uh, thoughts on this, and, I've, and they're all very, very good. But I haven't heard this one, actually. Uh, pointed at as as strongly and I, and and I really don't know how to deal with this this issue and I really need also your help to see how how to put this into practice because it's not so easy 
you will see in a moment. Chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 45. 44 and 45. Chapter 2, verse 44 and 45, it says there, And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. Do you see what perplexes me? Do you see something that, that, I don't know if you've noticed this before, but this has just recently started bothering me. It's like, what does this mean? Especially now when I, when I was asked to, to, to talk on this subject, I was like, what? Resource management. Hey, let's go and study. What, what does it say? Not act, you know? And then I was like, whoa, look, man, this, it actually says something very specific. Very specific. And, and this is, they had all things in common. That means everybody said, everything that I have, I put into the Word. 100%. An understanding that 100%, not 10%, 100% is God's. This, this was the understanding of everyone that joined this movement. And if you, you know, and, and then we can go to the next one. And there, this is not the only one time that it mentions it. Chapter 4, verse 32. Go to Acts. Chapter 4, verse 32 says, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul, neither said any of them that ought to have things which they possessed was his own. Nobody said, this is mine and this is yours. That's interesting, right? Like a community where, where people said, no, this is not mine, this is... I mean, they, they didn't say this. It says it explicitly. But they had all things in common. I don't really know what to tell you about this. I suggest maybe that we have a couple of minutes, turn to your neighbor and discuss. What does this mean? Is this actually something that is, is or it's, it's nice and good for the apostles? Or how could this be done in our day? Or what does it mean for our day? Is this something that is, is not applicable to us? You know, that could be a conclusion. Or if it is, how can it be practiced? Turn to your neighbor, two and three, and, and discuss shortly what, what you think about these verses, these two verses. Okay. Okay, I would, I'm, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, it, it, is, it is interesting. Uh, sharing, uh, uh, you know what happened before, the beginning of the chapter, mm -hmm. there was Pentecost, mm -hmm. and those who been this morning in, in your worship, which you were sharing, uh, you were uh, mentioning that 
and it's a larger portion of the church, and they all take it serious. It's pretty all burned out. And I think it helps a bit practically. And you know, when you're in Christ, you don't think about yourself. You will think about others. Mm -hmm. As a place where it says that they took as much as they needed. It will be it will not be like I need to upgrade my kitchen, please guys, uh -huh. give me some money. It will not be the case uh -huh. at all. Yeah. I think it, it will be I don't know, in my mind somehow it connects it. It could be when the water rain will be burned out. And this will be today it's it, it's hard to imagine. <laughs> right. Impossible. Mm -hmm. uh, only only when we will be our, ourselves will be laid down and that's only way how it's possible. Mm. Seemingly impossible. Yeah. Yes. Is that about what would Katya. it be like? Yeah. <laughs> what would it be like to split up in small groups, to split the whole churches up into small groups and share more than just the Sabbath morning, but uh, share more parts of your life meet during the week and mm. praying together, reading the Bible together, as the disciples did. I think it's not just about money. It's a, it's a lifestyle principle, mm -hmm. what's in here. Mm -hmm. Just a thought on, I mean, all things in common, isn't this communism, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, this is another thought that, that also is, is a thought. And communism doesn't work, why? Because everybody's selfish. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, <laughs> it doesn't work. And it, and it, but in this common context, it was communism with everybody being altruistic thinking of others, mm -hmm. as you say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anybody have <laughs> Okay, anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. We were thinking that uh, maybe the things uh, were theirs, like it says that which he possessed, it means that it belonged to him, mm -hmm. but he didn't think of it as it was his hope, that was it, like, his thing. He was willing to share it with others. We were like uh, saying about if I have like ironing machine mm -hmm. and church needs it, then it's okay for me to give it to church and, mm -hmm. and to use it for like and, and I will do the like ironing curtains or something mm -hmm. myself as well. So uh, people were um, like having prayer meetings in each other's homes. So sometimes we think that, that they sold everything, their homes as well. But they had to have those uh, prayer meetings somewhere, and they had their these in their homes. Mm -hmm. They were living there, and they had their prayer meetings, and some uh, they ate there, and and so on. Mm. So maybe it's the matter of thinking. And nobody called it them. It's theirs, right? What it says. It's theirs. Yeah. Nobody it's called okay. anything that was that it was theirs. Yeah. 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 Good thought. I'm worth thinking of. I was thinking, uh, or it was new for all of the three that discussed it, um, and it was easy to grasp the third thing that like the functionality by understanding that everything is God's. Uh, I would think very practical, like uh, like how big is that we shared all <coughs> together? Is it the whole world of Adventists? Then it would be a very big administration thing, mm -hmm. like money in and money out. Right. Uh, I don't know if we are losing the benefits of it in that way. Mm. So, so, um, 
yeah, I definitely need to look into it more myself mm. to understand like what what is its meaning. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, the, the value that uh, to understand that everything is God, that's easy to grasp, of course, and God's mm. work will go forward. But this second part, um, I, I don't. The know. practical application is not so easy. To, in other words, the theoretical understanding, yeah, fine, everything is God's. But the practical application of how can that be implemented? Yeah, very good. I think, I mean, thinking of now the early church, you know, in the chapter in chapter five, Acts, just after these verses, you know what happens? Remember the the description? Um, there was there's three people mentioned in the Bible that that are actually mentioned that sell things and give it to the apostles, and and one is I think Joseph. And then, and then there's Ananias and Sapphira. And Ananias and Sapphira, they give how much to they? Yeah, how much do they they give to the apostles? You know, I don't know. I, you know, I put this question into the description. I don't know how many percentage they did give, but I can imagine it was maybe seventy percent, maybe eighty percent. It must have looked like to the apostles. Or at least in Ananias and Sapphira's mind, that this was the full sum, right? So it probably was 70, 80 percent, and they just had maybe 20 percent, or maybe even 90 percent, and they just had 10 percent. And 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 here in this situation, I mean, look, I mean, this is mind-boggling. How how what what is happening here? Suddenly you have you have a standard lifted up. And and all things were common. That was now the new, the new rule, an understanding among the believers. And suddenly somebody comes and, and he sells everything and he gives 90%. He says it's 100%, which is probably the main problem, right? That is the main problem is that his integrity was missing. But, but I think this is just a, an interesting thought for us that, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a certain percentage that the Lord is wishing for. It is everything that He wishes for. Yeah. Um, you had a thought. That just you shared now? With me. Yeah, well, when we talked. When we talked. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know how many, how many of you know the, the institution OCI. But the, the, the projects that are, that are in those, like mission schools or, or um, health centers or things like that, those are the things that, I, I don't know how to explain okay. it. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll just summarize. I, what, what I thought was interesting is that, that actually personal testimony in their lives, they are now have taken a, a big step um, and are... are starting to go into full-time ministry as parents, I mean, as, as, a, as a couple, and, and, and are investing all of their, their time and energy in, in a ministry and have an understanding of all of the things that they own, including house and everything, is not theirs. It's God's. And where can it be most best invested is now is the question for them at this point. And, and I liked also the thought that you had um, that, you know, they had, they had places that they met in, 
right? And 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 it w they had to have some facilities and everything, but they did not call anything their own. And and I think so. In in a practical way, you know, I mean, which is really difficult for for any just normal person to do, um, to to just say, okay, I'll give everything, and I'll start join a ministry with my talents and resources and and trust that the Lord will help to and and he will supply all my needs and he will fill and pour out his blessings right upon us by doing so um, yeah but this is this is I think it's a it's a very challenging challenging uh, uh, situation uh, and and thought that that I wanted to also throw out to you um, you know, pray to the Lord and and see what what does that what does that mean for 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 you, um, and yeah, I hope I don't I don't think well. I better not 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 say more. Just confused. I I yeah, go ahead. Got, um, at least what it do it uh, are handling this. Uh, Illustration that Jesus said it's easier for a rich to yeah. to come to or no, it's easier for a camel to go through the hill uh -huh. than a rich to come to heaven right. because if everything were in that practical way not yours, then you're not rich. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, I think it's more the mentality. Um, I think I'll, I'll get to it later in the presentation. So I hope I'll get uh, some questions still answered even with these. Yeah, on this topic. Okay, here, give to the work. Uh, here's the context of the quote that we read in the beginning, the purpose. The Lord does not purpose to come to this world and lay down gold and silver for the advancement of his work. So God is not coming down and here, you know, finish the work. You know? It's not, that's not what he does. But he says he supplies men with resources, here we have the word, that by their gifts and offerings they may keep his work advancing. The one purpose above all others for which God's gifts should be used is the sustaining of workers in the harvest field. And then, and if men will become channels through which heaven's blessings can flow to others, the Lord will keep the channel supplied. Did you get that? The Lord will keep the channel supplied. Uh, so, so if men will become channels through which heaven's blessing can flow, the Lord will keep the channels supplied. We could study the, 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 the story of the, the lady with the oil, right? With Elijah. If you, if you give, you receive. It's a heavenly principle, right? And, yeah. It is not returning to the Lord his own that makes men poor. <laughs> this is interesting. Read this. It is not with it is not returning to the Lord what his own actually here she says it you know it's his own it's the Lord's right it is not returning to the Lord his own that makes men poor withholding tends to poverty if you keep back it will make you poor poverty poor right that's interesting huh it's it's an opposite mindset of the worldly business business mind in in that sense understanding that if if we invested in God's work 
God will refill the supply. Now, to balance, to balance these statements, I want to read you this. God's word, and this was also when I first heard it, I was like, what? Really? Um, God's word must be our guide as to the conditions that are specified by which we may become laborers together with Christ. The desire to accumulate wealth is an original affection of our nature, implanted there by who? By the devil? What? By the Heavenly Father for what? Noble ends. Did you get that? That's interesting. It, it actually says, okay, it is, not, it is not God's purpose that you would become poor, necessarily. God's purpose, He's actually put a desire, implanted a desire in our hearts, in our, in our wherever, it doesn't nature. say, in our nature, exactly, um, to accumulate wealth. So this is not only a bad thing, but it is qualified with the phrase what? For noble ends. It is qualified. Because the root of all evil is the love of money. So balance that. You see that? The love of money. But it's, it's the accumulation of wealth for God's work. For noble ends, to help people, to save people, to that is a noble purpose, right? So, this is a I find I find this very, very compelling. Um, this this statement that that says, okay, you know, there's many there's many rich people in the Bible, Abraham, Job, right? I mean, we, we can spend a lot of time to to look at some, but but. We, we know that, that people in the Bible, they were not very poor, sometimes. But it was the problem, how you handle, how do you view what you own? Is it your own? Do you view it as your own? Or do you view yourself as a steward, saying, it's God's. I'm just here to take care of it. And that's why I have, I have the best boss in the world, so I have to take care of every little penny. You know? The difference, and suddenly you have a different perspective on how you deal with your money because it's not your money, it's the creator's money that you're investing or using for anything and everything. Giving money is not enough here, it, it's and now, now it's um, the balance between this other statement of like the one purpose is to give to the sustaining of workers. Now it is. Now is our time to labor for the salvation of our fellow men. There are some who think that if they give money to the cause of Christ, this is all they are required to do. So if I'm a good businessman, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll go and I'll make money in worldly enterprises and I'll be a good businessman. I'll just support you as a missionary and, and I'll, you'll, you know, that's my part. It's your part, that's my part. She says, no. That's not enough. She says that, that there are some who think that if they give money to the cause, this is all that is required to do. The precious time 
is which in which they might do personal service for him passes unimproved but it is the privilege and duty of all who have health strength and strength to render god active service all are to labor in winning souls for christ donations of money cannot take the place of this so giving money is good but it's not enough it's 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 an attitude it's an understanding everything that i have whether it's time resources or or talents it's the lord's with that understanding we will understand how we should use it much more Okay, I want to study a passage here, Matthew 22, with you, Matthew 22, verse 15, Matthew 22, verse 15, says, Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with Herodians, saying, Master, we know that you are true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? And then he answers. He says, Show me the tribute money. And they brought, it, brought unto him a penny. And he said unto them, Who, Whose is the image and subscription? Superscription. And then he's, they answered, Caesar's. Caesar's image on him. Then said he unto him, Render therefore to Caesar things which are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they went, and, they, uh, and when they heard these words, they marveled and left him, and went their way. I heard this story so many times. And I missed something until recently when I heard it in a sermon. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Whose image and superscription? Whose image and superscription is on the penny? Caesar's. Now, and the, the answer that Jesus gives says, and then, then said he unto them, render therefore to Caesar the things which are Caesar's. And the, the interesting thing is that he continues the sentence and says, And to God, the things which are God's. Now what would be the natural question if these, these people were honest? What would be the natural question that they should ask Jesus at this point? That should be on their tongue? Yeah, exactly. What belongs to God? Right? And what would, what would be the answer that, that would be natural that Jesus would answer? Well, 
Well, that which has the image and superscription of God, right? So, Caesar's, give to Caesar's which is Caesar's, because his superscription is on the penny. Now, what belongs to God? Well, that which has the superscription and image of God, right? Now, what does have the image and superscription of God? Whose image and superscription is in your life? In Genesis 1, 27, it says we are created in whose image? It's in God's image. Wow! That means that, that he is actually saying in this story, give to God that which is God's. That which has the image and superscription of God. Which is you. He was giving them an appeal to say, surrender your lives. Give your lives to God. Don't only give your money. Give the money to, to Caesar. as his superscription. Or give that which has the superscription of God to God. That's your lives. Do you see that? Isn't that amazing? And they marveled when they heard these words and left and went their way. They were not honest. They did not want to hear this appeal. It's amazing. I think the, the foundation of, of being able to, to handle resources right is, is this understanding. Surrender. Understanding that everything we have, all of our talents, resources, and time, and anything else that you can think of on this earth, is not our own. It is God's. Let's go through some Bible characters shortly to, to illustrate how they dealt with this. Abraham, Abraham, he left his home. In Genesis 12, he left his home. He, he surrendered his home. He had a beautiful place. He did not have to go, but he surrendered it to God. And what happened? And this is the thing. Once we surrender to God, most of the times, not all the times, necessarily, otherwise we haven't surrendered, but, but most of the times He will bless us back with something even better. If we surrender our home, like He surrendered the home, where did He live in the end? Or rather with Lot, or, uh, let's see, here it is, property, right? They had property, the, the beautiful property, and the, the terrible property. And he gave Lot the beautiful property. He gave him the choice. Which is really not, not in the, the culture at all. Right? You don't do that. I mean, you're the older uncle. I mean, this is your nephew. You don't. You just say, you go here, I go here. You know? But he gave him the choice. He surrendered his right. It was his right. He had the right. He surrendered his right. And he... Who did he get a, a who who got the benefit in the end? Did it go well with Lot? No. Did it go well with Abraham? Yes. He came to his rescue, right? And he he was prospering and, and he had lots of things. He was a rich man. And then 
also a, a fantastic story, Genesis 22, of, of um, God, or of Abraham surrendering his only son, Isaac, as an image of the Son of God. He surrendered it. He was ready. He, he, he said, okay, if that is your will, I do not see what you mean, but this I have learned it is better to surrender everything I have. And you can make another one <laughs> for me if you want. You can raise him actually from the dead. He was actually thinking that maybe he will raise him from the dead in the end. But he surrendered it. Ruth was looking for a partner. Was she? Well, she, in the story, she surrendered the right to, to get, get any, any um, partner. Husband, yeah, that's right. And, and what did happen in the end? What happened in the end? She got the best person on the planet at that point. Boaz was the most respected, the best person that she could ever have wished for. She surrendered her right for, for marrying, ever. She was ready to, to die a, a, a lady that... Say again? A widow. A widow? Widow, widow is when... when her, her first husband had died. Ah, right. Okay. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, she had surrendered her right and was willing to, to, to give it to God. And that was a disgrace in her time. Naomi. Naomi? Ruth. Okay. Good. Uh, Job. Here. Job, Job. I think he's probably the most, the best example that we could ever uh, look at when it comes to surrender. Surrendering all that you have. I mean, he had, he was the one of the wealthiest on the planet at that time as well. And, and you, can, you know the story of, of Satan looking and, and, and challenging him and uh, challenging God and saying, Oh, well, he's, just, he's, he's only serving you because you bless him and you give him all of these things. And he says, well, try it. Says, don't touch him. Takes all of all of possessions and health away. Well, then the, that was the second, right? The health as well, and he surrendered everything. And said, what what was his words? The Lord gave. The Lord can take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He surrendered all. Esther, he, she surrendered her life. She was willing to die. And in the end. She was able to save lives because of it. Also, Job, in the end, he got even more. Noah, I talked about. Did we talk about time? Yes, we talked about. Right? He he surrendered his time and reputation. I mean, he was building on this ark for 120 years. You know, I mean, nobody of us have an idea of what 120 years feel like. Right? <laughs> and, and he was just building, building, building. He surrendered his time for that. He surrendered his reputation. People were mocking him, saying, that's crazy. You're a crazy man. He surrendered his reputation. Now he has a very good reputation, right? He's the, the only intelligent guy on, on the planet at that time. Philippians 2. 
God surrendered his eternal life so that we could have life. It's amazing. He surrendered his life. He was willing to, to lay down his eternal life so that we could have eternal life. Um, for time's sake, I'll, I'll make this, this short um, testimony short. I had a, a backpack in Honduras. Uh, it's, there it is. Um, but I was at uh, Honduras, Costa Rica. Uh, and I was there for as a student missionary for eight months, and and um, this got the 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 backpack got stolen. Actually, yeah, I got stolen because I didn't notice it. Right, remember the difference? It was stolen, but it was right beside me. Actually, <laughs> it got stolen right beside me. And 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 in the end, or yeah, and and I I had listened to these these uh, sermons from Otto Koning on the pineapple story, you might have heard of that, uh, Surrendering Rights. If you haven't, it's, it's a, a very enjoyable and I think you can get a lot of, a lot of truth out of, out of his, his sermons. Uh, surrendering rights to God. God takes good care of his property, he says, right? And so, I was really listening to those sermons and, and in the end, uh, when, when this situation came, I was like, oh, God takes good care of his property, okay, I better surrender my backpack. Okay, so I surrendered my backpack, and, and so, okay, it's God's backpack. It wasn't my backpack in the first place. So, so I started, yeah, we were walking through, and my, my students that I was teaching, they were like, what's up with you? I mean, like, why are you smiling? I mean, you, you have lost, I mean, somebody stole your backpack, with, and you had all, all the, I mean, your wallet with all the ID cards, your, with even a bank card, and, and, and uh, driver's license, and all the contacts, and, and, and you had... Many other things like my Bible, uh, both in English and, and, and Spanish, and 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 my I had an iPod and I had you know many many things keys uh, for the school all of the doors and everything, and so it was just a, a seemingly a disaster. But but I was he's like what what why are you so so happy? I said like, well it wasn't my backpack anyway so it was God's you know he he has to take care of it now, and so so his problem so now now. It went, it, yeah, after about two months, uh, just actually the Sabbath before I left. I left on Tuesday, and, and, and the Sabbath before that Tuesday, um, I was scheduled to preach in, in, our, in that uh, local church uh, that I was part of. And, and, um, and in Costa Rica, it's always a, a, an issue of coming on time and, and, you know, who has the keys and you know, all of these things. And so I didn't have the keys and, and actually, this, this pastor from Punta Arenas, which wasn't scheduled to come, uh, that has 10 other churches that he usually goes and attends, he came and he asked, so, well, what's up with this? And, and what, where's the, who has the keys? Why don't you have the key? And I said, well, I, my backpack got stolen two months ago. Right? And, and he's like, I said, in Punta Arenas. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm actually from Punta Arenas. And, and there's this lady that told me something about, some things about a backpack. You think it could be yours? And I'm like, and I'm like, sure, you know, that must be, must be those things. And I, I said, oh, the Lord, you know, it's just, just a couple of days before and he, and he wants to give it back to me because, because it's, you know, he, and, but, but still I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll still surrender. If God wants me to get it before I leave, then he will make it happen. And, and so in the end, uh, it turns out that somehow 
this this thief must have he 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 took what he wanted and but but he he gave what he didn't want uh, to to this an adventist lady or i don't, I don't know exactly but, but it must have been and and because this bible was in it as well in my backpack and this one has has also the whole history of redemption in it, ellen white's writings in the back so they, she, he must have looked through and said, oh, this must be an Adventist. Or I don't know exactly what, but, but gave it to an Adventist lady. The Adventist lady coincidentally talks. I mean, why would you give it, give it to an Adventist lady? But anyway, coincidentally gives it to the Adventist lady. Coincidentally then talks to the, to the pastor that wasn't scheduled to come, right? That coincidentally we talked about the keys that, that were in my backpack that I was going to leave. You know, I, I don't believe in coincidence. And so, so in the end, uh, I got... I got all the things that that were of that that would have been important to me um, back, like my Bible, uh, and I got I got a driver's license back. I got a credit card back. Can you think? Imagine that. I got contacts back, uh, contact information to, to people, and and some of the other things he took. Like uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, but and. No, the keys didn't. You, I don't know. You didn't want to give back. back. Anyway, um, so maybe he's. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. So so that's that's just it's amazing. God takes good care of His property, and and I have there's more suit story. That, and really, if you if you have something that 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 you have not surrendered to the Lord, you know, if it be whatever it be, possessions, health, you know, it's it's the best thing to give it to the Lord. Where is blind? And cannot discern the future. It's it, you. You don't have to worry about these things. The Lord knows. It's in His hands. He will take care of it. Mm -hmm. uh, just some some Bible text to to close. Surrender your resources. Naked I came from the, my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. And the the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. These are the words of Job. He gave everything. He was he was, I mean, worse off than any of us could ever want to, I mean, experience, probably ever will experience, but that he, he had understood that everything is the Lord's, and he can take it, he can give it, blessed be the name of the, it was his, my health doesn't belong to me, it's his, if he wants me to make, be healthy be, again, he can, he can help that, he can restore, it, yeah, for whosoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whosoever loses their life for me will find it. It's a paradox, and we need to we need to start thinking more ideals, ideals. And I, I actually think uh, faith, the definition of faith, you know, is to to look at reality with God's eyes. I believe to to actually see that the reality is that God owns everything. So that's the heavenly perspective. In the earthly perspective, all the different human beings, all the corporations, they own everything. Right? That's the earthly perspective. Heavenly perspective, the Lord every, owns everything. And that's faith. Faith is the substance of things unseen. Not, you don't see that. The evidence of... Wait a second. Things hoped for. Things hoped for? The evidence of things unseen, right? So, 
I'd like to appeal to you in the end now that that you would surrender whatever you would like to surrender to the Lord. Um, and as a conclusion of, of these three meetings, I would like to make the, the appeal one that, that includes time, resources, and talents. So if you have those, those pieces of paper and you write it, you can write your own, own whatever you want to do, whatever your commitment is, write it on that back of your paper. I want to surrender. Maybe you have already surrendered your time. Maybe you have already surrendered your talents in the last meetings. But if you haven't, and you would like to take that decision, I would like you to, I would like to give that opportunity now. Now I want to surrender all my resources to God. And if there's something specific that you can think of, that, that oh, this, I really have, I, I really have a difficult time to, to give this away. And the Lord is convicting you that it is time to give it away. It is time to, to surrender it to Him and say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but it's not mine. It's yours. And I will not no longer worry about it because you can deal with it. Show me where it's possible. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you have given us the gospel, that all things work together for good to those that love you and are called according to your purpose. Father, we thank you that with this in mind, we can go through life without worries, because everything is in your hand. Everything is under your control, and you can, you can take care of any sorrows or worries that we have, because we know that, that you can do anything. Dear Father, we pray that you will you will help us to know how to invest our time, talents, and resources. That you would help us to, to, to discern and, and take decisions. Father, we need your help. We need, we need your wisdom. And we thank you that you have promised wisdom to those that lack. As, uh, as, in, as it says in James 1.5, If any man lacks in wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously unto all men, and you will give it to him. Father, we, we ask for your grace and mercy to be on us again, and we thank you that we can start a new year together with you, together with, with this in mind, that we want to give our, our lives to you this next year. Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.